So during the break, I read an article from CBS News saying ex-Trump attorney Michael Cohen pleads guilty to campaign finance violations. Apparently, uh, Michael Cohen has pled guilty to two campaign finance violations involving payments to silence women he believed could be detrimental to the 2016 presidential campaign. And so apparently now we have two more convictions as a result of this witch hunt, which is looking less and less like a witch hunt as more and more Trump loyalists go down. Do you think this is going to get better or worse? For who? For Trump or for us? (laughs) I think well, it's getting better for us. So it's getting better for us because we don't like Donald Trump and it's getting worse and worse for Donald Trump. How bad do you think it has to get before somebody in the Republican Party has a Wallace F. Bennett moment? Before somebody is, you know, goes to the Trump White House and says, Donald, you're in serious trouble. You have to resign. Um, just with the sanity of this president versus Nixon, I'm going to say it's literally going to have to take until something comes up against Trump specifically. Until something is found against him, I don't think anyone would have the courage to go to Trump, and I don't think Trump would listen until anything is directly at him. Well, if even if something is directly at him, I mean, if there's a, there's a specific crime that he can be charged with, mm-hmm. uh, you still have the problem that his base isn't willing to abandon him. Trump, during the campaign, said he could go out on the Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and he wouldn't lose a single voter. Our president, ladies and gentlemen. What a charming, charming fellow. Uh, I I have always said that if he would just shave his head, he'd probably increase his approval rating by 5% if he got rid of his ridiculous hairdo. I can recommend some better places to get spray tans than wherever he goes because they are not doing him right. (laughs) Well, Do do you, you go to places that get good spray tans? No, but I have friends who do. It's a pretty normal thing. He just can't find the right person. He can't find the right person. Well, so, but but that's my question is what will it take... Not necessarily just to get somebody in Congress to turn on him, but what will it take to get his base to turn on him? Because every time something like this happens, his numbers seem to go up because his base rallies around him. They think he's a victim. They think he's being beaten up. And they think the fake news and the, you know, the lamestream media and whatever else is just not willing to give Trump a fair shake. So when bad things happen, they don't necessarily say, well, gee, Trump really is a bad guy. They've got so much invested in him intellectually that they're not willing to turn on him unless something terrible happens. And I don't know what that something is. And I'm wondering if someone from your generation can tell me what that something is. I don't know what that something is because I thought there were like five times, even just during the campaign, where I was like, oh, finally, this is it. Like, this is the moment people will realize they're crazy and will stop supporting him. Like, I just felt there was, especially like the locker room thing, like that would have derailed. The locker room. Oh, oh, the Access Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. That would have derailed any other presidential candidate, but the fact that it didn't derail him makes you understand, like, just go into the mind of the Trump supporter a little bit and understand that there isn't much he can't do. Well, I I, I tend to agree with you, uh, but I, I just don't know how long we can sustain this, how long somebody can be demonstrated to be so corrupt and not have any consequence to it. Although I thought forever, I I spent all of the 90s saying, when will Bill Clinton be held accountable? And Bill Clinton was finally held accountable, I think, when his wife lost the election that she was supposed to win. 
Well, the fact that Donald Trump and Bill Clinton Clinton have made it through the Me Too movement with very few cuts and scrapes makes me very upset because I feel like they were two big ones that should have been taken down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Clinton, it started to happen with Clinton, but it, it hasn't stuck. And Donald Trump has just sort of, you know, run roughshod over the Me Too movement to the point where, yeah, I pay off uh, porn stars and what are you going to do about it? That's just who I am. And that seems to be where everybody is. So I get depressed, but I assume you get depressed too. No? Yes? Are, are you optimistic about the future of the country? My radical feminist international traveling daughter? Um, so there's a book that I read called Enlightenment Now, and this, the basis of the book is that the world is way better than we think it is. And so if you take a step back and if there were only newspapers like every 100 years, you wouldn't be reporting on the indictments or you would, you would be reporting that the like n- death has gone down. Like we solved Ebola, we all these things. And so I'm optimistic that the world will continue to improve because that has been the pattern. It's depressing to live in this current time with Trump, but I think you just have to realize that term limits exist. So even if we do have to make it through an entire term or God forbid, two terms of Donald Trump, the world will go on and hopefully the United States is still there to stand after it. Well, that's an optimistic note to end on. Uh, For those of you who are listening to this on the radio, this is the first edition of Dinner Table Politics that would broadcast on the radio, but you can listen to previous installments by going to iTunes or the KSL Podcast Center. Take a listen. But Eliza, it's fun to have you back. Welcome home. Thanks. I want to go back to Malawi. Well, there you go. This is Jim Bennett. This is Eliza Bennett. And we'll see you next week on Dinner Table Politics.